Welcome to First Reading, the Old Testament Lectionary Podcast. I'm Rosie Candethal. And I'm Reverend Dr. Rachel Wren, a person with too many R's in her name. Also, an ordained Lutheran pastor and assistant professor at Trinity Lutheran Seminary. Our eminent co-host, Tim McNinch, is off this week. We have two possibilities for the first reading on Sunday, July 17th, as we do throughout the season following Pentecost. Rosie's going to walk us through one of them. So, Rosie, where do you want to start? Yeah, once again, I'm going to remind listeners that the Revised Common Lectionary offers two different sets of Hebrew Bible readings during this season after Pentecost, otherwise known as Ordinary Time. One set progresses semi-continuously through the prophets in year C, and the other set is related thematically or is complementary to the Gospel lections for those dates. I've been advocating for the thematic strand, mainly for the practical reason that congregations are often in and out during the summer, and a reading that complements the Gospel lection helps the task of preaching. This week of July 17th offers Amos 8 verses 1 through 12 for the semi-continuous readings on the prophets. But for the thematic reading, we have Genesis 18 verses 1 through 10a. Uh, This is the story that I'm going to take us through. It's a familiar one for many congregations. It's Abraham and Sarah entertaining three surprise guests who eventually reveal, reveal themselves as divine guests, and they prophesy the miracle birth of Isaac uh, in this meal. This thematic or complementary Old Testament reading ties in with the gospel lection from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42, another well-known story in which two sisters, Martha and Mary, welcome Jesus into their home. Hmm. Uh, As most of us remember, Martha is distracted by her work. Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet. And when Martha complains to Jesus, Jesus responds, you're worried and distracted about many things, Martha but there's a need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. I'm going to take us through the thematic reading as I think it offers some promising preaching angles. Awesome. Well, take us away. So one advantage is that this story from Genesis 18 is relatively familiar for many churchgoers. In Genesis 18, Abraham sees three men standing nearby in the heat of the day, which is tremendous in the Middle East. So just imagine the heat, right? Uh, Rachel just got back from a trip to Israel-Palestine, and she could probably tell you about the heat. So (laughs) Abraham, understandably, then races to meet them, uh, invites them to come in, to uh, comfort themselves, to wash their feet, sit under the shade of a tree, and eat bread with him, which would probably be a welcome invitation uh, Mm. uh, under those circumstances. When these three men agree, Abraham must quickly find Sarah, which is important to note, in her tent to get her to make the bread he's just (laughs) promised these men. Hmm. And then chooses an animal, which he commands another servant to prepare for their meal. A lot of unseen work that's getting acknowledged here. Mm. Uh, but finally, Abraham brings the food that's been prepared by others to the men. <laughs> Sorry, I never thought about that before. That's hilarious. Yes. Stands under the tree with them as they eat, which is nice. So Abraham keeps them company. Uh, What becomes clear is that the men, however, are not what they appear at first. Mm. They ask a rather strange question. Where is your wife? Mm. And that's a bit impertinent in this culture where women commonly do not eat with men. Uh, But Abraham answers straightforwardly. He tells him Sarah is in the tent nearby. And uh, they offer a prophecy at that point. The aged Sarah will bear a son in due season. The first reading ends here without including Sarah's incredulous laugh and her denial when confronted about that laugh. Mm, Sarah does not see herself aging like fine wine. (laughs) As many of us don't. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
So how do you see the, I mean, I love the connection with Mary and Martha. I've, I love this text about Abraham and Sarah. I love the text about Mary and Martha. I've never put them in conversation together. So what came out for you when you noticed, when you put them in conversation? Right. So both stories, Genesis 18 featuring Abraham and Sarah and Luke 10 featuring Martha and Mary are somewhat about hospitality, right? Providing a welcome to guests. And as I kind of hinted at before, both show the significant labor and attention that's required of hosts especially the ministry of women. So in both of these stories, we see Martha and Mary and Sarah hurrying about, providing a prominent part of what looks like hospitality through their cooking, through their cleaning, uh, through their ways of providing welcome. Mm. Now, this is often invisible labor, both then and now. Uh, but our gospel reading specifically uses a couple of Greek words that I want to draw our attention to. So the word polen diakonian, uh, this is the word that uh, words that Jesus uses to describe Martha's much serving or being, you know, overburdened. That word diakonian is also translated as ministry in other places, right? Uh, and I think what that does is it it makes more clear uh, that what Martha is doing is not, you know, just behind the scenes task or complaining in some way. She's worn out from ministry. Um, and that's just a valuable thing to see on both sides. That Sarah is also hurrying about to make the bread that Abraham has promised to his guests. Uh and this makes visible uh, the work of making a meal and that this too is ministry. Uh, it's a value. It makes conversation possible. And in that word conversation, I hope we also hear the word conversion uh, because that's in there too. Meals are places for discipleship, for profound formation, and for real change. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. I've heard way too many sermons about how Martha was distracted by, and I've probably given them, right? I'm not critiquing, you know, anyone there, but to, to, to change it and say that Jesus said to her, you are, you are distracted by your ministry, you know, or you are exhausted by your ministry. Like that's a, that's a sermon that preachers themselves need to hear. Like, you know, do you still love the thing you're doing or does it just feel exhausting to you? And if it just feels exhausting to you, where can you go to sit at the feet of Jesus? You know, that's, oh, and and meals to lift that up as a ministry. Like, oh, so well done, Rosie. That's fantastic. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I'm all about this now because after this long hiatus brought on by the pandemic, yes. many people are returning to traveling and sharing meals once again. Mm. They're hosting get-togethers during the summer. Folks are slowly returning to church, taking communion, taking Eucharist, sharing a table together. And both of these stories put both the risk and possibility of providing welcome forward, right? Mm. So the labor of hospitality, along with the gift of the guest, which mm. is often a surprise, right? So both in uh, the three men that are welcomed in Sarah and Abraham's home who give a surprise prophecy, mm. one that's both uh, longed for and hoped for, but also feared. Sarah's not sure if she can trust that, right? Yeah. So guests bring their own surprise to the table. And Martha and Mary's guest, Jesus, um, has not fully revealed who he is yet, although they must suspect. But Jesus has a word for both of them, for both Mary and Martha, um, on their lives and on their future. 
So these shared meals, uh, whether that's a word of encouragement or affirmation that we need, or to reaffirm the simple gift of presence with one another, they're at the heart of both of these stories in which hearts are uncovered and the deepest dreams and fears of Sarah and Mary, Martha and Abraham are revealed by God at a table. Oh my gosh, I'm crying. That's so beautiful. (laughs) It's a reminder, right? One that we maybe need to remember now, especially that shared meals are often costly, risky, expensive. Yes, all of that. But they're also places of great hope, encouragement, revelation. You know, this is where we are human with one another. We tell our stories at table and we've missed out. I've missed out on a lot of those stories in these last couple of years. So as I was reading these texts together, I I really hope preachers can can help ignite the imagination for the table again, both uh, uh, in our center, in our congregations at Eucharist, but also in the mundane tables that we provide every day, several times a day. However people might be navigating this season, this summer, these readings offer some shared attentiveness to the common meal. Oh, I just love that so much. I could I could sit in that sermon for a long time. So friends, I hope you you pick that up and run with it because it really did bring tears to my eyes. That was just wonderful. Thanks, Rosie. That was awesome. You're welcome. Well, folks, we hope this has been a helpful conversation for you, too. You can find back episodes of the podcast on our website, firstreadingpodcast.com. While you're there, check out our snazzy merch or make a donation to support the podcast with our very friendly donate button. Doesn't hurt at all to press it. We really appreciate your support to keep this resource going. Our gratitude also goes out to Trinity Lutheran Seminary. They've given us a grant that we use for microphones, web costs, and those sorts of things. And finally, we'd love to hear from you. How are you using the podcast? What are you finding helpful? What would you change? You can interact with us on our Facebook page or send an email to firstreadingpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Reverend Dr. Rachel Wren. And I'm Rosie Candleful. Thanks for listening and have a great week.